the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ain't it good to worship and adore a risen Lord? Hear what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. Hear what they might say. We love Jesus anyway. So how do you know that you know that you know that you are saved and you are Christ's, hid in Christ in God? Well, that's a very good question, and we have some very good answers out of 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan, featuring the teaching staff of Grace Bible Church in Hayward for our summer series. Stephen Cloud joins us today in 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. A message we began yesterday called Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine, the Evidences of Sanctification. Here's Stephen with today's broadcast of Way of Grace. In Matthew chapter 7, in his Sermon on the Mount, he says, enter into the narrow gate, enter into the straight gate. Broad is the way, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and there be many that are on that path. And there be few that find the narrow gate. There be few that are on the narrow path. And he said to his disciples, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom of God. But he that does the will of my father. There will be many that come unto him and say, Lord, Lord, in your name, I cast out demons. In your name, I prophesied. In your name, I did many mighty works. This is their answer to the Lord as a grounds to let them in. To let them into this eternal habitation. They base their assurance on their works. They base their confidence of their salvation off of what they did. Prophesying in his name doing miracles in his name, casting out demons in his name, going out and evangelizing, coming to church, reading your Bible. They base their assurance off of their works. And they deceive themselves. They deceive themselves. And what did they hear from our Lord? Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. See, they, they, they... they, they, they didn't care about obeying Christ. They didn't care about submitting to his command, loving the brethren. They didn't care about that. They just wanted to do the work. The work of the ministry. They just, and, and, and they covered their sins by this work. This is their self-righteousness that they bring to the table to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never I never knew you. The Lord brings a staunch warning, a stinging warning, but a real reality. 
that it's possible for us to say that Jesus is our Savior and Lord, and Him, in fact, not to be our Savior and Lord. It is possible, right? So as we get into our text, let's, let, let's go there. Turn to first, we're in 1 John chapter 2. He says here, And hereby we do know that we know Him. And I just want to say this. Be honest. I mean, do, do, do some people struggle with know, like their, their, their confidence that they know the Lord with their salvation? Do you? See, there, there are Christians that actually do. True born-again believers that actually do. On the, 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 their ride is bumpy the whole way. They, 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 they can't really fully enjoy the ride to glory. How many of you know about that? There are those that have false assurance. Their assurance is not rooted in Christ. It's rooted in other things. That's all over the world in many churches today. And then there are those who actually are sure and who make sure, make their calling and election sure daily that Jesus is in fact theirs. And so he says, and hereby, and this is a conjunction, a connecting conjunction. It connects these two here, these two concepts here. The foundation of our assurance and the fruit of our assurance. The privilege um, of our assurance and the proofs of our assurance. And hereby, hereby know we. He uses a test message, uh, a test message, uh, not message, method, a test method of assurance or um, to discover something. He uses this quite frequently. Hereby know ye or here, hereby we know or know we. If you, if you look at verse 5, he does the same thing. In verse 5, he says, but whoso keeps his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. And if you turn also to uh, chapter 3, verse 19, you will also see this. He he. He does this, you know, and and then you begin to realize he is really about comforting and bringing an assurance to those to whom he's writing. There's a reason for that. Verse 19, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. But also go to verse 24. Verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, and hereby we know that he abides in us by the Spirit which he has given us. And there's more passages that you can actually go to to see that he uses this this test method to discover whether or not you are in him, to discover whether or not he is in you of a truth, because there are false prophets that are teaching false doctrine in the midst. And there are divisions and schisms in the midst. And he's bringing about this assurance for the believer. And hereby know we that we know him. Do you know that you know him? Do you know that you know him? Do you know that you know that you know that you know him? Very important that you know that you know him. And what this is actually dealing with, so the term know, the first know in verse 3, is in the present active 
indicative verb form. What, what, what it's saying is, this is how, and hereby do you presently know, are acquainted with. The second no is in the perfect active indicative, which means, and just it's in your it's in your outline because I'm dealing with the first point. The first point in your outline is the confident proof of an intimate saving knowledge of Christ is marked by present obedience of faith. The the subpoint the meaning it it deals with this here. It says this, and this is how we presently know. That we have at some point in the past came to know, came to enter into an intimate and a saving and a covenantal fellowship with him. This is how you can presently know that you you came to know at some point in the past. Because how many of us say that we're saved? I mean, let's just be honest. We 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 say that we're saved. We 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 say that we believe the gospel. We say that Christ is our righteousness. We say that He put away all of our sins. We say that He rose for our justification and that He ascended and went to glory. He's preparing a place for us and He's coming back to to retrieve us. Isn't that right? And aren't we looking forward to seeing our Savior? And so we want to know of a certainty those proofs that would legitimize our claim. This is how I presently know that at some point in the past I came to know, I entered into fellowship with God. So really what this is about, this is about knowing him, isn't it? This is about knowing him. What is Bible study all about? Knowing Him. What is preaching all about? Knowing Him. What is reading your Bible all about? Knowing Him. What is our life in Christ all about? Knowing Him. If you're not interested in knowing Him, you probably don't know Him. Does that make sense? And what He's dealing with here, He's dealing with the concept of a relationship with God. Covenant intimacy with God. The term no, gnosko, it is the Greek term that means to come to know. To come to know. To become acquainted with. To become acquainted with. So knowing is experiential, right? It's experiential. You're coming to know. It's relational. You're becoming acquainted with. It's ongoing. You're learning. You're getting a knowledge of. You're becoming acquainted with. It's experiential. It's continual. It's progressive. It's intimate. It's intimate, and I know this to be the case, because the term no is a Hebrew idiom for sexual intercourse. So when we think about the highest form of intimacy in the context of a covenant union between a husband and a wife, that's an experiential knowledge. You're coming to know and enjoy one another. That's the highest, that's the seal of this covenant intimacy. And at this highest point, it's pointing to a saving, experiential, and covenantal intimacy between God and the sinner. 
Jesus Christ put it this way. And here, and this is life everlasting. This is eternal life. John 17, 3. That they might know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is, this is eternal life. This is eternal life. To know. What this is dealing with is union. Communion. This is dealing with the idea of salvation. So much to say. But John is still on point here. He's still on point. He's still dealing with the concept of fellowship. As he was in the first. In fact, the overarching theme of First John is eternal life. And eternal life has to do with fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. And the, the sub-themes, you have light, you have love, and you have faith. And those are, those are evidences, evidences of one's fellowship with God. And hereby, do we know for certain right now that we have already entered into a real, vital, saving covenantal relationship with God through Christ. Here it is. What's the answer? That you keep His commandments. Okay. (laughs) Right here. That you keep His commandments. That you keep His commandments. This is the mark. This is the mark. There's no difference between a believer and a sinner outside of the grace of God, except for what? The grace of God. The grace of God, right? Grace is not just a concept that we can understand and that's left in our, our, our mind. Grace evidences itself in your life. Covenant obedience to Jesus' command, which is a faith. And by his grace. And Jesus said in a and uh, Jesus said in the Gospel of John, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? Turn with me uh, to first John chapter three, verse twenty three, and as you're turning there, I have a few questions for you because this right here is very sobering. It stopped me in my tracks because I don't perfectly obey. God's commands. I don't perfectly obey His law. How about you? This is you, you, so. I have to work this through. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Like, what does this? What does this mean here? What does this mean? If He is referring to a perfect keeping of the commands of Christ, then at the very least, I do not know Him. And at the best, no one knows him, save the Lord Jesus Christ. Is the Apostle John contradicting himself? Because in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8, he says, He that says that he, that he has no sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. And in verse 10, he says, He that says that he has done no sin has made him a liar and the word of God is not in him. It says in verse, uh, verse 9, But if you confess your sin... He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then here he says, this is how you know that you know that you keep his commandments. We, so, so what does it mean? 
What does it mean? We know he's not contradicting himself. He's saying that the evidence that I am presently, that I presently know him, is by our present keeping of his commands. And I believe it is the grace of God producing in us imperfect sinners the ability to keep his command. That it is something you discover. It is something that you desire. It is something that you're intentional about. It is something that you pursue by faith. In fact, I can um, get into it. Because we, we admit that we're sinners saved by grace. We admit that we're sinners saved by grace. We admit that we are miracles of grace who believe that Christ is our righteousness. Who confess that we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And that God has imparted to us the righteousness of Christ. That manifests itself in obedience, in the obedience of faith, in the obedience of faith. So in John, in First John chapter three, in First John chapter three, verse twenty-three, this is what it says. This is what it says. And this is his commandment. Ready? That we should believe on the name of. His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave commandment. You see that? It's amazing. So I got a question. You believe the gospel? Do you you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's amazing because I I think about about the, uh, the law, the fulfillment of the law. We know it's love, right? And we know that In the Old Testament, it puts it this way, that you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might, and you are to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Upon these two hang all the law and all the prophets. And here in John, John coins it this way, that you should believe on the name of the Son of God. Do you know what that says about the Lord Jesus Christ? That He is Lord. That he is God. And there's no other Lord that you obey. There's no other God that you worship. You cannot worship the true and living God. You cannot worship the Father apart from worshiping the Son. You have to bow to him exclusively. We're to look to Christ as one who has loved God perfectly for us. And he is the one. He's not an idol. Jesus Christ is not an idol. God says no other gods before me. Jesus Christ is not another God. He is God. He's not an idol. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the name. God has given him a name above every name. It's at the name of Jesus that every knee should bow. On earth, under the earth, and in heaven. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord. Lord. To the glory of who? Right. We're believing, believing God counts that faith as what? He counts it as righteousness. The rate of exchange that our pastor would talk about, faith, its value to God is perfect righteousness. Believing is a miracle of grace. It's not something that we have fabricated in and of ourselves. How often do we think about the faith that we have as we are looking to Christ and how valuable this gift God has given to us actually is? It is 
one of those things where I can, I can gain comfort from. And here's why. Uh, ask the question when you wake up in the morning, am I still believing today? If I am, yes. Jesus is mine. Here's the next one. If you are believing, are you loving one another? <laughs> now, are you, look, let me ask this question. Are you believing perfectly? Are you loving perfectly? See? This is not talking about you in the form perfectly loving, but you from the heart loving. Wanting to love. Believing the gospel from the heart. I know I'm not going to finish today. I know. I have a problem with that. I need to... Y'all pray for me. Because it, 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 gets, it gets good. And, and Miss Naretha will remind me I need to finish where I, where I left off. But this, this here, keeping His command. Attending carefully to His command. And... And, and really just having affection for the law. When before you were a fugitive from the law, it shows a change of heart. It manifests our conversion, right? Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 31. And I'll start at verse, let's see where I'll start. Um, 31, start at verse 31. It says this, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, says the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my what? In their inward parts. And write it in their what? And will be their God. And they shall be my people. Verse 34. And they shall not teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, What? Know the Lord. For they all shall know me. From the least unto the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Do you want to obey God, do you want to please your Father? Do you want to actually please the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you feel indebted to Christ? Knowing that you can't, you can't match what He paid for your soul, but nevertheless, don't you feel indebted to Christ? Are you His slave? Are you His servant? Is it about your will or His will? Is it about your word or His word? Is it about your way or His way? Yes, we we mess up. We don't get it right perfectly. But if you discover the operation of God's sovereign grace and mercy in your life, where you're discovering the no factor, where you're discovering 
the grace to say no to something that you know is not right. And the grace to not just decide to do something that Jesus called you to do or commanded you to do, but actually doing it. When you discover that grace, you can rest assured that God, by his spirit, is operating in our lives. So this last thing I I would say, and then I'll have to pick up next time where I left off, because this is, it gets really, really good. Um, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God that works in his people, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. And this is Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gestand, featuring Stephen Clow from our teaching staff here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m. Sunday schools at 10. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m. for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. You can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510-886-9782 or stop by our website, grace-bible.com. We do thank you for spending time with us today. Trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.